Welcome to Intentional Box Season 2, Episode 3. I'm Lou Landers. Find me on Twitter at Landers Talks. All my baseball content at my website, drrodo.com. Joined here as always by my co-host, Mark Mancini. Mark, let everyone know, of course, where they can find all your wonderful work. Well, I'll tell you, XM Series, uh, WWDB in Philadelphia, AM860, Pittsburgh Pirate Podcast, and some other cities. But this show, baby... This show with you, man, we're peanut butter and jelly. We are Abbott and Costello, man. You kind of keep me corralled here, and I like it, man. I might be the Dick Vitalitis thing, but man, oh man, I can't do it without you, brother. Well, I appreciate the kind words, my man. And we have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about here. The Braves on a roll. Cardinals taking over first place in the NL Central. Aaron Judge bets on himself. Looking like a pretty good bet by him so far. And the Mets, crap on Dodger Stadium, not necessarily with their play, with their words. So lots to chew on here. Let's start with the Mets, though. You are in L.A., so you probably have the best scoop on this uh, situation. What's up with those comments? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I've always said sunny Southern California has great women, great weather. But I'm not a big fan of the stadiums. At Dodger Stadium, I said years ago, and the New York Mets echoed those words, Dodger Stadium's a dump, but they took it one step further. They said the video room smells like rat urine. So, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of this uh, type of, of uh, environment. When I looked at it, Yankee Stadium, you know, tore it down, refurbished it. You know, Yankee Stadium's beautiful. Wrigley Field's been refurbished. But come on. Well, Dodgers, Yankee Stadium is only, Stadium. what, like 15 years old, if that. Right. But you, you look at Dodger Stadium, come on. You spend money to bring in the Mookie Betts's, the Trey Turner's. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, Freemans of the world. And now you're talking about getting a Soto. Spend some paint on that joint and paint the joint. I mean, get some Pittsburgh paint, Sinclair paint. Is it possible, is it possible, Mark, that they do that on purpose and have the visitor video room smell like, as you said, I think you said rat urine. Um, yeah. Firstly, how do you even know what rat urine smells like? That's what I I, I don't know. know. Maybe, how do the Mets the know Mets, that? Maybe but... the Mets are used to it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, they, maybe. maybe they smell them. You know, they go through the subways going through the Queens or the five boroughs. I don't know. But they're the ones that put it out there and I'm running with it. Don't shoot the messenger. Oh, no, of course not. I'm just I'm actually curious how why and how the Mets players know what rat urine smells like. But you think that is something because the Dodgers just don't care about their stadium? Or do you think they just simply are like, hey, you're in our stadium. We'll take any home field advantage that we can get. So we'll make our video rooms, your video room smell like rat urine. Ours probably smells like flowers. Well, you know, I, I don't know. When you look at, you know, the, the Boston Garden where the Celtics used to play was always ripped. Uh, when the Lakers went in there and the Memorial Day massacre, there was no air condition and stuff. I don't know. Maybe there's some mystique there. Maybe I, I'm looking at Dodger Stadium, and when you look at Major League Baseball, they're not really in a hurry to come there and do much. I mean, look at the All-Star game. It's it's going to be in uh, L.A. for the first time in 42 years. That's a long time for the second biggest market, wouldn't you say? That that's that's a good point. I'm surprised it hasn't been there more recently. But uh, something tells me the video room won't smell like rat urine during the All Star game. Yeah, a lot of air fresheners. Stop at the 99 cent store, buy some cases, clean up that place. Come on, man. Frank McCord owns the parking lot. Put some restaurants out there. Let's spruce up the place. This is Tinseltown, man. 
let's just not have a dump there in the middle of, you know, Eagle Rock uh, in, in Chavez Ravine. Come on. Do yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't live in L.A. anymore, as you know, and I haven't been to a game since before the pandemic. But I personally, when I went there, never had any issues other than uh, having to walk through the parking lot a lot just to get to the stadium. That was irritating, whereas in other places I've been, you can either pull right up or you take the subway right in or whatever it might be. I mean, I used to Uber because I didn't want to pay for the crazy parking there in L.A. Uh, but even after the Ubers, uh, you know, they drop you off. You got to walk like 10 miles just to get into the ballpark. Yeah, it's almost like walking from Texas to Oklahoma. And, you know, but the Dodger dogs are good. Slap a little uh, deli mustard on that, onions, relish. That's the best. As far as that crowd, man, I don't know, man. It looks like the Los Angeles Raider crowd has taken over Dodger Stadium. Yeah, except for in the playoffs, right? Then they actually, then, <laughs> exactly. then you get actual fans showing up for sure. Uh, so speaking of the playoffs, Dodgers lost to the Atlanta Braves last year in the playoffs. Braves go on to win the World Series, start the season slowly this year. But man, the Braves are on a serious hot streak right now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's 11 straight wins. And although still five and a half behind the Mets, they have gained five games in the past 10 on the Mets in decrease that lead by quite a bit they're playing great baseball Mets still playing well but again no Scherzer no DeGrom we've kind of been waiting for the Mets to come back down to the rest of this division even the Phillies nine and one in their past 10 games now they're still nine games out but they're back at 500 Phillies coming on Braves coming on Mets playing 500 caliber baseball is there something to be seen here is is this going to become a three-team race at some point well, I do. You know, the Mets five and five on this uh, three city road trip out west through the Dodgers, Padres, and Angels. Uh, and you're right about the Braves. And case in point, it just seems like every time the Dodgers get rid of somebody, boy, does it come back to bite them in the ass. Uh, we can allude to the uh, Pedro Martinez trade for Delino the Shields. We can allude to the Mike Piazza trade. We can allude to. Some of these guys that have gone on to greener pastures here. And the latest has to be Kenley Jansen. For all the crap he took in L.A. the last few years, he lost velocity on his fastball and everything. The dude's got 18 saves. Here's another guy that literally bet on himself to take a one-year deal in Atlanta. The Braves have won 11 in a row. They've just uh, taken my Pittsburgh Pirates out four straight. Uh, the Pirates could have won some of those games I know the eight-run seventh inning on Saturday didn't help much, but, boy, did they pick up a, a, a thoroughbred in Matt Olson getting rid of Freddie Freeman. Braves ain't missing anything. They're the defending world champs till somebody takes the belt, and you're right about the Phillies, 9-1 and in their last 10. This is a team that forgot to buy pitching at the general store in the winter, but, man, oh, man, three-team race, and where are the Marlins in this? Marlins are a good team. I like them. They just aren't good enough to compete in this division yet. I mean, we know they have the great pitching, and the offense has been better this year, but they're still probably a fourth-place team here unless the Phillies fall apart again. Uh, I mean, I could see this being a three-team race, but I certainly think the Braves are going to give the Mets a run for their money. I believe they were behind by way more games last year yeah. at this point and then came back, won that division, and we know what they did in the postseason. So uh, I still think the Braves are the best team in this this division despite the Mets incredibly hot start and despite how um, they've dealt with the adversity of losing 
a lot of these uh, big key players in their team. But the Mets offense probably playing over their heads right now. They're one of the best in the league. And I do think they have a good lineup, but I don't think it's one of the best. I do think some of those guys will cool down a little bit. And if the pitching doesn't step up with the absences of some of these key guys, uh, the Braves are, are going to are coming. And all it takes is a four-game set where the Braves take three or four or something and really narrow that lead in the division. So I'd look out if I'm the Mets. But, of course, also with six teams getting into the postseason now, no wild card game, the Braves went from being on the outside looking in to now probably, aside from maybe the Padres and the Dodgers, uh, I mean, the Braves look like a surefire wild card team. I mean, 11-game winning streak can certainly do that for you. But we know the Braves were much better than the way that they were playing early on. And I think they're only going to get better. They haven't even gotten much yeah. from Matt Olson yet. At some point, he's going to get hot. Um, Ozzy Albies has been up and down. Um, Acuna is, has been great, obviously, but he missed a chunk of time to begin the season. So they're getting into the groove there. Adam Duvall is one of those guys that gets hot for a month and hits like 12 or 13 home runs. Eddie Rosario is going to come back at some point. So this Braves team, they're really good. I still think they're number one or two in the National League, despite the slow start. Well, not only that, we're, uh, look at the San Francisco Giants. Here's a team that just swept the Dodgers right out of town. Uh, the Dodgers are really struggling. Uh, when you look at them, they're four and nine in their last 13. So uh, this is a team uh, you're going to have to do something. Walker Bueller could be out. There <laughs> yeah, the Dodgers four and nine in their last 13, still the best run differential over a hundred run differential in the national league. So it just goes to show you how good they were playing before that. Well, and not only that, you know, what the giants did do yesterday, shut them out, kind of limited them here. Uh, that's a blueprint. When you look at what they're doing, I mean, nobody figured uh, Tony Gosselin and Tyler Anderson would be leading your staff. Uh, but we've seen Urias uh, have a, a subpar year, no run support there. Kershaw's with the bum elbow. And now, now Mark, I was a little concerned about Urias coming into the season. You know, I do a lot of fantasy baseball talk, yeah. and he was going very early in fantasy baseball drafts. And I had concerns because, yes, he was amazing last year, but it was such a huge innings jump for him in the short in 2020 to last year. I was very concerned about how his arm would hold up. He'd lose some velocity if he'd kind of wear down. And he hasn't been bad. He just has not come close to what he did in 2020 and then 2021. And that's to be expected. And Walker Bueller, a guy dealing with some injuries now, he's thrown a lot of innings for a young pitcher deep into October many times. So uh, the Dodgers pitching staff is falling apart a little bit. The loss of Scherzer was big. Uh, the Trevor Bauer situation, although they didn't seem to want him anymore, is, I think, affecting them. Kershaw injuries, we could expect that. Uh, but yeah, this Dodgers, this Dodgers pitching staff, although on paper good, really not pitching as well as we would have thought, at least at this point. They've had some, some moments, for sure. I mean, they're still one of the... Uh, better pitching staffs. I think they've still allowed the least amount of runs in the National League, but that's starting to catch up to them a little bit here as they've lost three in a row, four of their last, uh, sorry, six of their last 10, and nine of their last 13. Well, and not only that, when you look at it, Urias winning 20 games, it wasn't really impressive. It wasn't, you know, when somebody wins 20, it's supposed to be impressive. Maybe to Cy Young, I'm thinking of Louisiana Lightning in your backyard with Ron Guidry. Very impressive, you know, when you have a dominated pitcher. But he might have had another birthday last year. But this guy has a bum arm now. And, and, and not only that, no run support. 
I think the Dodgers are, are you, you, they could be had right now. They're top three batters at the top of the order. If you can kind of waver and navigate through that, the Turners, the Betts, the Freemans, keep your eyes on the Padres, man. The Padres really haven't hit their stride yet. They'll get Fernando Tatis Jr. back here. Mackenzie Gore is starting to come into his own. You know, when they get that pitching going, when they get that back end of the bullpen solidified with Rodgers and maybe Lament here, keep your eyes on the Padres, man. This is going to be a dogfight, and the Dodgers are going to have some trouble. You get the Cardinals, you get the Brewers, you brought up the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves, you get the Giants in this mix. The Dodgers ain't going to have a, you know, a cakewalk through this to get to another National League championship or a World Series. No, you're absolutely right. And the Padres certainly built to win. We know they are. We thought so last year, too, until they fell apart. Not going to happen with Bob Melvin, something we've talked about already. Getting Tatis Jr. back would be good. The Padres have also been no, uh, and they haven't shied away from making a big trade themselves either. And they have the farm system to do it as well and the money to do it. So uh, they're, they're certainly not going anywhere. Before we head over to the American League for a little bit, do want to talk more about the Cardinals and the Brewers. Cardinals only playing 500 baseball in their past 10, but the Brewers have really fallen on hard times. They did win yesterday, but they're 2-8 and eight in their past 10. No Brandon Woodruff who's dealing with some injuries. Freddie Peralta injured. Eric Lauer turning back into Eric Lauer. Um, other than Corbin Burns, that starting rotation is starting to look fairly average at best, which is usually their strength. We know how good Hater is, but their offense, we've talked about it, a team that probably hasn't gone further into the playoffs because they don't hit, um, a team that has good players in the lineup, but not great players in the lineup. Christian Yellick, far from the type of player he used to be. Uh, is his Brewers team in some trouble now with these injuries in their rotation? I'm not sure they have what it takes to continue to play good baseball without Woodruff and Peralta. Well, you're absolutely right, but let's not forget about what the Cardinals have done. The Cardinals have been very consistent since the 80s. I mean, this is a team that, you know, they know how to go first to third. They know how to steal bases. They got role players. Role players are the ones that get you to the World Series and win it. The Baders, the Edmonds, you know, you, these are the kind of guys, the Carlsons, uh, you know, and they're bringing up some guys, up, you know, through their farm system. Gorman's uh, looks very know, impressive. For sure. Let's not let's not kid ourselves here right now. If the baseball season were to stop today, Paul Goldschmidt would be the MVP of the National League, and I think you'd agree on that. Yeah, he's been exceptional. I actually faux pas. I made my uh, All Star ballot, and I just completely slept on Goldschmidt and took Freddie Freeman. Not that Freddie Freeman's not All Star <laughs> caliber, but yeah, Goldschmidt's having an incredible season. And we know Nolan Arenado's a gamer. He's excellent. Uh, Wayne Wright just keeps defying the odds. Cardinals are a very good team. And I'm interested to see if they can take advantage of these uh, injuries the Brewers have in their rotation. Because right now the team's only separated by half a game. Brewers were up by two and a half or three for a while. Can they get some separation, the Cardinals? Can they get it to well, a three and a half, four, four and a half game lead while the Brewers are suffering these injuries and playing poorly? Because that's what they have to do, in my opinion. They don't want this to be such a close race down the stretch because the Brewers get those pitchers back, things change quickly. Well, not only that, but the Cardinals injuries, Flaherty's out, uh, Jordan Hicks is out. You know, these, these guys can pitch. So I think it's going to come down to uh, when you look at, you know, if council can, you know, navigate through this, you know, the Brewers got that pitching 
You got two of the three there that are injured. The back end of that bullpen is good with Williams and Hayter. But I don't know if they can match the bats of the Cardinals and that young depth of the Cardinals. They and definitely can't match that the offensive depth. Absolutely not. That's why they need Woodruff and Peralta. Because the Brewers in the past, the past few years, have been winning with their starting pitching and their bullpen, not with their offense. So all of a sudden, you're down two of your three stud starting pitchers, and things start to hurt. I mean, it's, it's to be expected. But when you have a good team like the Cardinals there, uh, you could fall back pretty quickly. And not only that, if you want to match up the Cardinals and the Brewers, the rest of the National League teams, you know, can they match up? I think the Brewers, you know, they 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 jumped on the Padres, taking two out of three in San Diego this year, and the Padres returned the favor, won uh, three of the last four in Milwaukee. So Milwaukee was three and one against them until the Padres kind of you know swept the last three. The Dodgers haven't played the Brewers this year at all. You know, on the other side of the coin, we're going to see the Brewers go to New York now to play the Mets. We'll find out what this this Brewer team can do as they match up. The Phillies just swept the uh, Brewers in Milwaukee. Uh, so the Brewers are having a hard time matching up with some of these upper echelon teams. On the other hand... Well, yeah, Mark, it's a lot... Uh, it's, a, it's a much different game when you're facing real teams and not the Pirates, Cubs, and Reds, right? Right, but the Cardinals have, you know, swept the Padres out of St. Louis, you know, this year. They've matched up with the Mets, you know. So the, 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 I think when it comes down to it is I think the Cardinals, you got to give the edge, and the Cardinals are going to be there year in and year out. I don't want to look at this Brewer team, Lou, like I looked at the Red team a few years ago when they had Bauer and all these guys, and then we had a fire sale. Can the Brewers be the Reds? in the next couple of years. I know the Cardinals will, but can the Brewers be the Reds in the next couple of years? I don't know what your thoughts are on. Yeah, it, it's very it's very possible as these guys start to um, get into the arbitration years and soon to become free agents, Brewers may not have the financial resources to, to lock some of these guys up. So I could see that being an issue for sure. I want to move things over to the American League. AL West is becoming a bit of a joke. Uh, the Astros just <laughs> playing consistently good baseball as they always do. Texas has actually overtaken second place in that division because the Angels have been so bad. Seattle's still vastly underachieving. Oakland, we know they're terrible. Um, I think the Angels are in a lot of trouble. Even if they start playing better baseball, they, uh, they, they, just, they just have it in too tough with Houston and then some of the other teams in this league. Um, the ALS has become quite unexciting really it's the al central that's interesting to me white Sox still playing poorly how much longer larusa going to be there that's interesting but the guardians man we know they don't spend money we know they don't have a big payroll but two games over just three games behind the twins a team to watch for if they would just spend some money they would be a tough team to beat for sure um are the guardians a threat to minnesota and can the white Sox turn things around well, I'll tell you one thing. Tony La Russa, you know, it, it seems like the second go-round in Chicago has been nothing short of a, a disaster. Well, first um, year was good. Had, Last year they were good. Yeah. They just fell apart. I think they met up with the Astros in the playoffs, right? right. And when that yeah, happens, you usually drink, lose. Right. We had, we had the drink and binge when he got hired. Uh, I think, you know, he, he he's, he's sitting on his laurels. He did wonders in Oakland. He did wonders in St. Louis. I don't know what the hell you're doing walking Trey Turner on a one and two pitch to get to uh, Max Muncie 
who would turn Jack's win over the wall. Bad managing on that part. The White Sox have underachieved this year. Minnesota's been a surprise. Cleveland is just interesting. We'll find out if Cleveland can continue that this weekend in Los Angeles when they go against the Dodgers. As far as sleepless in Seattle, somebody's going to lose their job. Service is going to be out of there. Uh, the Angels are just... He has crazy. to be, right? Because they, they yeah. spent that money on Robbie Ray. Uh, they have all these young kids. They made the trade for Winker and Suarez. This is a Mariners team that's supposed to take a step forward after a good season last year. They've taken two or three steps back. So someone has to lose their job. If you're going to fire guys who have been there, done that, like Girardi, like Madden, maybe La Russa, I'm not sure how Scott Service even still has a job. Well, you're right. And, and, and as far as the, the rally monkey in Anaheim, that thing has been thrown on the 57 or the 405. It's been rolled over a few times. I've said to you before, you got to get rid of the Otanis. you got to get rid of the Trouts. Get a cashier talent in there to build that system like the Nationals are going to do with Soto here. Uh, when you look at this Angel team, uh, the, the Perry Manassi and the GM came in here. He got rid of Upton. He got rid of Pujols. He showed Matt in the door. Come on, man. You don't have no pitching. You have no pitching. When I look at this pitching staff, I'm looking at guys that are that, that would be number threes or number fours on most teams. The Lorenzens, the Detmers. Come on. You're not well, going to win. In keep in mind that Detmers and Sandoval are young guys, not a lot of experience. They're going to get better. But Syndergaard, they spent a lot of money on him, not realizing that he wasn't going to be able to pitch well for a full season because he hasn't pitched. Otani, despite being great at times on the mound, is very inconsistent on the mound. He's a great hitter, as we know, and Lorenzen just terrible. I don't even know how, why they have him. Um, but yeah, they, they're they better than their record would indicate, but they're not good enough to win this division. Far from it for the Angels. Um, so I... I I understand what you're saying with Otani and Trout. I just I don't know how you can justify trading two of the best players in baseball right now um, when you, you know like breaking apart a team that has a core like that. I know they failed to do well, something with it for a few years now, but Trout was injured last year during Otani's MVP season. Uh, you know, like you, you got. I feel like you got to give it more time with Trout and Otani. It's not like they're going to lose value in the next year. I understand maybe. By 2024, if they still haven't made the postseason, there might be time to move on from at least Trout um, to, you know, revamp this this team, bring in a lot of talent. Because I think we've seen in Major League Baseball now, you don't win with a top-heavy roster anymore. You can't win with two or three stars and rest scrubs. you got to have a deep, balanced team, a good farm system, injury replacements, and the Angels don't have that. I mean, they might have the worst middle infield in baseball right now. Well, the, the big problem is, if, 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 you know, and not to switch subjects and back in the National League, but Pittsburgh is, is a team that has young talent. They're signing guys and everything. If you get rid of the Otanis, if you get rid of the uh, uh, Trouts, you could build that team around a, a Ward or a Walsh and, and, and get some of that, build it through the system and get that. You, you can't tell me that the Angels – uh, five years from now, even though if they spend some money with Artie Moreno, that, that are going to be better than the Pittsburgh Pirates, that have got the seventh best minor league system in baseball, that are signing young talent here. I think when you look at these Angels, when you look at these Dodgers, when you look at some of these teams, they're looking for quick fixes, and quick fixes don't come. And the Angels have had that since 2002. And you, you get a guy like Iglesias in the back end of your bullpen 
who looks like a gas can, like a Familia or like a Diaz. You, you can't win with these kind of guys. He's given up two bombs, one to the Phillies in a walk-off. He gave up another bomb to Alonzo last night. I don't know. I think Iglesias is the. I think Iglesias is far from the the biggest concern there. Right. Well, I mean, if, 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 I I look at it like this. You, you, you brought a lot of high-priced guys to compensate Trout, Otani. You brought Rendon in there. You gave him a lot of money. You got, you know, I don't, I think Phil Nevin's a good manager, but I don't care who you put in there now. If they don't clean that up from the bottom up, it, it's it's not going to work. I mean, it really isn't. I mean, Manassian, you know, came over from Atlanta. You know, is this guy a shirtholds GM? No. But, you know, he's doing things on the fly. You talked about the division. Oakland's a bottom feeder. Texas could be the team that maybe, maybe, okay. This well, is they're the on the rise. Getting... Texas is definitely on the rise. They're still they're right. just not ready yet. Give them another year or two. That's why they invested in Seager and in Semyon. Uh, they have this Durant who just came up. They have Josh Young, who hopefully cannot uh, get injured again next year. Adolis Garcia has turned into a nice player. So the Rangers have some pieces, um, and they're kind of trying to build that pitching staff, and they're willing to spend money, as they've shown. So I think Texas, moving forward, is a team to watch for. I just don't think they're ready yet. Uh before we wrap up, I do want to talk about Aaron Judge. So obviously, uh, the Yankees having an incredible season right now, on pace to actually beat their 114-48 and record from 1998. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But, I mean, this is a team with an 127-run differential, the only team in Major League Baseball to not allow 200 runs yet. They lead the American League in runs scored, the only team over 300. Uh, they're basically doing ev- absolutely everything right. And, of course, Aaron Judge in the middle of it all. And it's impressive even more so because you have Toronto, Tampa, and Boston who are all very good teams um, in this division. Eight and a half out Toronto, nine out Tampa, 12 and a half out Red Sox. Yankees do get three with the Rays, three with the Jays this week, so that'll be interesting to see how it goes. But this really is not about the Yankees. This is about Aaron Judge. Guy bets on himself, turns down a pretty fair offer from the Yankees. I think it was about $30 million a year for seven years. Uh, most guys would have probably taken that. So clearly this year he's proven he's worth more like $37, $38, or $40 million a year. Maybe not for 10 years because of his age, but certainly that amount over seven years. If this guy stays healthy, he could hit 55 or 60 home runs, win the AL MVP, and then you're going to have a bidding war because you know the Mets are pretty much going to give him a blank check. The Giants are going to want to try and bring him in because their offense looks disgusting on paper, even though they somehow get it done. And you know the Yankees are going to want to bring their guy back. He's basically the captain of this team now. Uh, If the Yankees don't win a World Series this season with Judge, is it considered a disappointment? Uh, It could be to some extent, but I think they got a common influence over there. And a lot of people in New York don't like the guy. I like the guy in Aaron Boone. Yeah, I don't like Boone as a game manager. I think he does a lot of kind of bonehead things that I think has cost the Yankees in the past. This season, it hasn't been an issue because it kind of seems like no matter who he throws out there, no matter who he puts in the lineup, produces. But as a internal guy, guy in the clubhouse, the calming influence, I am with you there. It's something I liked about Boone when they hired him. I liked that he had been in the broadcast booth, kind of gone to see the game from a different perspective, getting inside to all the different teams that they would cover each Sunday night on ESPN. So I think from that standpoint, I do think he does have a really good influence over the team. 
Uh, and I think he's got a good staff around him finally for the first time as well. Um, I think it's all kind of coming together. But it's not, again, it's not even about the overall team right now. And Boone, we know they're playing well. We know they're playing incredibly well. It's Aaron Judge, and if he can stay healthy. Remember, they're using him in center field right now. If you told me coming into the season Aaron Judge was going to be the Yankee center fielder, I'd say you're out of your crate. You're out of in mind, man. You, they, they can't afford to put Aaron Judge in center field every day with the, well, the injury history that he's had. When you look at the Yankees, I mean, what showed me last week is Garrett Cole can give up five home runs and the Yankees come back and rally to win. And when you pick up a guy that I've always respected, Matt Carpenter, and he said this Yankee mystique, everybody's pulling in the same direction. Rizzo's found a home there. Rizzo said it reminds me of the Chicago Cub days when they won a World Series. This is a team that's coming together. Judge betting on himself. Nobody's challenged him with the home run lead. He's seven ahead of everybody. This is a team, man, that you got to really watch out for now. The only guy that's not hidden there is Joey Gallo. I think he's behind the Mendoza line. Yeah, and even, you know what? Even Gallo, since the start of June, has started to hit a little bit. Yeah. it's But, it, but it's a Yankee team that's surprising a lot of teams. You know, look at the division. Toronto, Tampa, Boston starting to make some hayway here. You know, it could be the best division in baseball, and they just navigate it through the rough waters and everything. I don't think there's no stopping the Yankees. I think they just know what it's a special unit this year, and they're putting it all together. It kind of reminds me of that 98 team that just. Yeah, very, very similar. They find ways to win all sorts of games. They win 1 0, they win 6 5, they win 18 2. Uh, 12, 10, whatever it is, they're finding ways to win. And it, I, really, it comes down to pitching, man. There's been no team pitching better than the Yankees. Five deep in the rotation. Even after losing Green, Loisega, and Chapman, and when that happened, I was like, okay, now the Yankees are going to come back down to earth. How are they going to be able to, you know, get the ball to the ninth inning for Clay Holmes, who's been fantastic? And they're still fighting. Yeah, I'm ways. waiting for a check. I'm waiting for you to send me a check in the mail. We gave you Italian and Holmes. Yeah, well, <laughs> well that, that's the thing is, that's how the Pirates. That's one of the reasons why the Pirates got so much young talent in flux into that roster. The Yankees gave them a lot of quality young players. Yeah. None of them were going to be on on the Yankees roster because the Yankees roster was so deep. But the Pirates did the Pirates did well in in those trades. And Holmes and Tyon wouldn't be this good if they were in Pittsburgh. Let's face it. Yeah. Yeah. No. No doubt about it. If you throw Garrett Cole in there, and you got three X bucks. Yep, and uh, I mean, Houston turned Cole around. Uh, they got Musgrove for Cole, which was good. Now, obviously, in San Diego, and he's been outstanding. He's going to be oh, a big, gosh. big fish on the open market next year is Joe Musgrove, that's for sure. He might be the best uh, the best pitcher out there in the open market next year. No, you're, no doubt about it. Along with uh, Aaron Judge looking to get a lucrative contract, you're right. The Mets now, and Giants are going to okay. Judge is going to be 31 years old, Mark, in April of next year. Do you give this guy 10 years, 400 million, regardless of what he does this year? I think you do because he, he's such, he, you know, his presence is such an impact. I mean, look at look, look at the, the rumors now circulating around baseball. The Padres are trying to get Juan Soto. Can you imagine if the Padres get Juan Soto down there? He's 25. Could he be the next Barry Bonds? Honestly, he could be. I don't think we've even come close to seeing his power potential yet. I mean, he's already been 
unbelievable at his at his young age. Um, it's just interesting to me. I don't see with Judge. I think the forty million a year, especially if he continues the pace he's on right now, is worth it because he's not just a power hitter anymore. He's an elite defender. He puts the bat on the baseball, strikeouts way down. Great play discipline. Really understands the strike zone. He is a really a true superstar player. But at his age, I find it hard to give ten years. The only thing I can say is, depending on where he goes. Even if after five years, the body starts to break down a little bit, there's a universal DH now. Yeah, and if the Yankees win the World Series, I think they'll have a blank check for him too. I think they should have a blank check for him anyways. I mean, uh, you take Judge out of this lineup, and you could probably take away 7 to 10 wins from from their 44 or whatever they have right now. Um, you, You know, like... Stanton has been very good. Rizzo has been very good. Um, Torres has kind of bounced back, but there's a lot of guys who haven't been that good. LeMahieu hasn't been all that great. Donaldson hasn't been that great. Hicks has stunk for most of the season. Gallo has stunk for most of of the the season. Um, Trevino has been a nice story behind the plate, but the Yankees' offense, even though they're scoring all these runs and they lead the American League in runs, four and they're the best in runs against they actually even haven't even gone great production from a number of players yet which is it is fascinating but you take judge out of that lineup and it looks much much different and i think they have to give judge a blank check no matter what i believe he has an arbitration hearing coming up in about 10 9 or 10 days that's yeah. going to be interesting because he came in at 21 yankees came in at 17 uh they could set a very bad precedent here if you're, you're the yankees if you fight him on that 21 versus 17 you give the guy the 21 he wants and i would even though he said i don't want to talk during the season i give him that 21 and i make it part of a brand new contract offer you offer him an eight-year deal um and you use that 21 as the first year of the uh the deal and then give him 38 to 40 million and do it now exactly do it now but certainly if they fight him on that arbitration he'll remember that come free agency you know that he's gonna say you're really gonna fight me over four million dollars you're gonna give me 17 over 21 why the hell am i gonna bother staying here when i can go where someone's gonna give me what i deserve and and appreciate me exactly no doubt about it uh definitely the mvp in the american league so far this year yeah and i don't know if anyone's gonna catch him either he'd have to miss knock on wood a significant amount of time to slow down and for someone else to catch him but yeah great show here today man any final thoughts uh, the day after July 4th, you and I get together in Pittsburgh, the Yankees and the Bucks, baby, shot her around the world. Maybe we'll have to recruit Bill Mazeroski. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I could see that being a uh, series the Yankees win, but, uh, you know, hey, the Pirates, it's a long time from now. The Pirates now. are 75,000 to one to win the World Series this year. I think the Padres were twenty. 25,000 to 1. That seems very wrong for the Padres. Yeah. Seems perfect for, for the Pirates. Seems wrong if you're if, if you're the Padres, though. Uh, yeah. But that'll wrap this baby up, man. So uh, very, very good yeah, stuff today. Yeah, I can't wait for next week, brother. I love you, brother. Yeah, right back at you, man. Great stuff here today. Everyone, thanks for tuning in to Intentional Balk, Lou Landers with Mark Mancini. Have a great weekend. As always, we'll catch you next time.